Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Getting set for today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built for tough. First day of pads. F-D-O-P, Richie. F-D-O-P. But I guess you could call it first day of practice, too, so I don't know if F-D-O-P would really uh, apply. Yeah, they could be multiple definitions. This is kind of up to your interpretation. It is. It means what you want it to mean. It is, and we got Chad Brown rolling up right now. Thank you for sitting down for a second, Richie, and welcome to the Players Club. Monday morning, uh, first day of pads. We're out here across from Centura Training Center, Denver Broncos Training Camp. 2023, a lot of drama going on behind the scenes here. Uh, but really, the most important thing is is out here on the field. We're going to talk about both the drama and what's going on on the field today and the first day of pads. How are you doing, Chad Brown? I am fantastic. Are you doing friend. all right? A little frazzled? Little, uh... No, it's all good. Merry Monday to you, man. You know, these guys <laughs> got a little jump on me this morning. It's all right. Well, it is a little further of a drive Yes. than, than we're used to. There were, you... uh, there were several officers that... Uh, Told you to slow down. They were on their uh, they were on their own pace. Oh, I couldn't go the pace I had would have liked to have gone. What is that pace typically for you? A uh, pace that got me here about fifteen seconds earlier. <laughs> Chad Brown. <laughs> okay. So you're, it wasn't like ten minutes. You don't need to prep or anything. You just want to like you want to be by the skin of your teeth, really, wherever you're going. I like to be on time, right on time. How does that work at the airport for you? Uh tends to be. Are you are you the TSA pre guy? I am TSA pre-check. I am clear. Okay. Uh, I am the dude making all the noises behind you in security line. Like, what are you doing? Have you not traveled before? Seriously? You got a water bottle in your bag? What are you doing? Keys are in your pocket. You're slowing me down, my friend. Wow. What about me? Okay. Well, so then the frustration does mount on mornings like this when you're stuck behind, you know, cars moving slowly. But you made it. Yes. And uh, we all made it here. The cars are starting to back up. Um, as they turn into the parking lot there, the cones are set up. It's actually a pretty good morning for football, good football weather here compared to what we've been seeing. Um, Chad, when you are ready, getting ready for your first day of pads. Yes. Okay, so we've had four, about four practices without pads, and that's a different type of tempo. How does it change today for, for a guy like you? Well, it all depends on what this practice is going to be. Are we just kind of getting ourselves acclimated to the pads or are we going out are we having a padded practice yeah we talked last what's the week. difference well because we're getting acclimated we're, we're doing mainly uh defense on defense drills kind Uh-oh. of linebacker on linebacker stuff we're not just going to go from no pads to first day of pads to let's go one-on-one with the linebackers and edge guys and offensive tackles we're not going to go that fast that far that quickly so this process of the new cbas and the pace of things i'd imagine it's going to be more of a get acclimated to pads kind of thing and even the team period won't be full goal there won't be any tackling to the ground obviously but even with that they'll probably be told to bring it down a notch or two as they round themselves into fully padded form you talked about the cba restrictions they have 16 padded practices available in training camp when didn't you say back in the day or someone was saying it was 51 uh, Bill Belichick was yeah. was quoted on Pro Football Talk when he was with the Giants. They had fifty. They had fifty one padded practices before the season over. Six preseason games and three inter squad scrimmages. Um, well, training camp twenty twenty three is on the air thanks to Ting Internet. If you live in Centennial, 
Make Ting your light speed internet provider for as low as $89 a month. Go to ting.com slash centennial for more info. Along those lines, talking about the limited opportunities for padded practices, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that Sean Payton is taking over for a team that he admitted was really poorly coached and played pretty bad last year. You're also in the same division with the Kansas City Chiefs, who are the best football team on planet Earth, Chad. How do you catch up to a team like that that's so familiar with each other, that's so familiar with the system, that has so much, so much time ahead of you? Uh, we got some fellas uh, driving by yelling at us. So much time, um, they're already so far ahead of you. How do you catch up conceivably with a team like the Kansas City Chiefs with such limited opportunities for padded practices? That is a really great question. It's, I think it comes down to the, expertise of the coach and the efficiency in which you come out and practice and if you think about it from a uh, per practice standpoint each opportunity that you have and I'm, every coach that I've ever been around has talked about every professional coach is seizing the opportunity we have a meeting do, what do we walk out this meeting with armed with a better understanding of we've got a, a walk through today make sure you get this down what about our uh, our time during, uh, you know, stretch, whatever the case may be, we got to seize every opportunity. If you're going to catch up to the Kansas City Chiefs, who've got the best quarterback in the NFL, who've got a coach who's going to wear a gold jacket when he retires, if you're going to catch up to them, your ability to seize every opportunity, and maybe you just get a, a minute or two better at each opportunity, but over the course of the day, you, you stack up 12 minutes of, of catching ground on the Kansas City Chiefs. You do that over the course of training camp. Now we're talking hours and hours and hours that you've actually caught up to them, but it's really about your focus and trying to seize every opportunity. You can't let anything go by, particularly now with this CBA, the way that it's structured, and try to catch up to a team like Kansas City. Systematically speaking, you're also behind the Chargers. They've been in the same system for a couple years yep. now. You're actually behind the Raiders. And, and Joshy Boy, uh, even he has been able to implement his system ahead of Sean Payton. Now, Sean Payton's brought some heat on himself and this team or some eyeballs that maybe he wanted to avoid. Uh, we're in the national spotlight here now. Um, and we're going to get into that as the show goes on. What are the implications for this back and forth, this drama for this football team out here? You know, I know Sean Payton was trying to protect them. Uh, at least I believe he was when he said that this would was possibly the worst coaching job in the history of the NFL. But it's been interpreted different ways in the different camps. Okay, for so so for, with the Jets. Now you have Billy Turner and now Aaron Rodgers both coming out and saying that Sean Payton said this to, to soften the fall when this team ends up sucking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you agree that that could be a play that Sean Payton is making? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> that one's never made sense to me. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let it make sense or I hope it makes sense because they believe in Nathaniel Hackett. Right. They don't believe Nathaniel Hackett is that bad of a coach. They believe that he did a did it wasn't his fault, they, and and watching him, um, you the know. facts are the facts, man. I understand what what you're saying, but that the, I, I suppose I I understand. Isn't there context to the way they performed last year that we don't understand? I suppose I understand why they're trying to say what they're saying, but the facts on the ground just don't line up with that with, with that line of thinking. You couldn't execute. The snap before the play clock went down. That's high school football stuff, man. That's Highlands Ranch High School. That's Arapaho High School. That's Denver East. That's the basics of football. You had a Christmas Day meltdown. Christmas that Day mask. That was epic. Epically awful. It was over by then. The facts are the facts. Uh, you couldn't score more than 15 points for quite a while. You had one of the worst Thursday night performances in a year that was full of awful 
Thursday night performances. So I, I okay, Billy Turner, that's your boy. You've got an extra fifteen million dollars in your bank account due to this guy making sure you tag along everywhere he goes. Good for you, but the facts are the facts. Here's another fact. Yeah. In that last play of the game, um, I think, was it Indy or which one was the one where he tried to force it into Corlin Sutton and instead uh, missed K.J. Hamler on a wide-open slant? K.J. Hamler knew the plan on that one. Yep. He knew what he was supposed to do. Yep. He knew he was the first read, and he got open. The fact is uh, that Nathaniel Hackett coached those guys up to know what they were doing. The guy behind center didn't know. And is that Nathaniel Hackett's fault or not? We're going to get into that as we go on. Um, hey, if you're out of camp, guys, stop by the denversports.com zone and grab a bottle of water. Thanks to our friends at Gravinas. All right, like we are talking about, Sean Payton, uh, under fire, walking back his comments inside the USA Today article published by Jared Bell last week. We'll continue to dive into that kerfuffle next. Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Getting set for today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built Ford Tough. Was it all part of his master plan? Is everything that Sean Payton does calculated? Is he a media genius? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing, Chad? I mean, we've heard. Look, look, this guy won a Super Bowl. Yep. 16 years in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Turned the franchise around. Stepped away a year in, in Fox. He understood how the he, – he, now he knows how the sausage is made from both sides. This guy is a genius. All right? So everything he said was intentional. And, he, and the backlash was also intentional, as was the apology, quote-unquote. All three yeah. phases – the the words, yep. how they landed, yep. the expected backlash, all the, of it. The the Twitter fingers from Billy from Billy Turner. Yeah, let's get all up. part of the whole thing. Yep. Uh, the the two minute dialogue from Ryan Clark on Get Up the next day. All that was intentional, known by Sean Payton, <laughs> part of the over plan, the overall plan. And then he gets a chance, you know, to softly not apologize because he didn't apologize. Just to softly put a little context and soften it a bit. Yes. yes. And didn't apologize, just expresses regret. Here is Sean Payton. Yeah, listen. Listen. It's, I had I had one of those gonna, moments where I still had my Fox hat on and not my coaching hat on. And, uh, you know, I said this to the team in the meeting yesterday. We've had a great offseason relative to that. You know, and I've been preaching that message. And here I am, the veteran. Um, you know, Definitely. stepping in it, and uh, you know, it was it was a learning experience for me. It was a mistake, obviously. I needed a little bit more filter. Um, you know, there's a pound of flesh for these guys, and, and as a coach, you stick up for them. And after a while, you know, we're past that season last year, and and you know, I said what I said, and, and obviously, I needed it a little bit more uh, restraint, and uh, I regret that. Um, that being said, what I told the team is, you know, if it can happen, and I, I'm th- I think I'm pretty good relative to working with the media and, and pretty savvy, and I just had one of those moments. Jared's a good friend, uh, real good at his job, and uh, two lattes in the morning, first first one I see, and 40 minutes later, I'm, I'm regretting it. So uh, it is what it is. Regretting the lattes or regretting what he said? <laughs> uh, because two lattes, that's a lot of milk. <laughs> You might have the bubble guts. He could be uh, lactose intolerant. He could be. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so 
a lot that he said there right. to, to unpack. And um, the pound of flesh thing that he talks about. What, look, there's a pound of flesh that was taken from these guys from their performance last year. But at some point, he said, you got to start, you got to stick up for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, is that what he's doing there? Like he said, enough. You guys have been tearing these guys up enough. I have to offer some context as the new head coach as to why these guys who I'm taking over for performed that way last year. In that vein, um, that certainly gives some color and some context to his comments and what he was hoping to accomplish. Because I said all last week after those comments came out, what who was who supposed to benefit from this? And so now he's giving some context of what he was hoping to do. Now, the firestorm and controversy, mainly because of the focus on Coach Hackett and the comments about Coach Hackett's coaching job, uh, I think the context of what he was trying to do was lost. Uh, so obviously he could have worded this better. He could have been more eloquent about this. He could have chosen words that would have illustrated what he was hoping to do rather than just piling on Coach Hackett. Uh, I still have yet to see something that, was untrue about what Sean Payton said, um, but because of the firestorm, because of the controversy, because of Billy Turner and Robert Sala and Ryan Clark and all these people who had all this pushback, uh, Sean Payton's had to apologize. But in the end, I think he, when he was having that conversation with Jared Bell, he did not think he was going to have to apologize. He was hopefully just planning on sticking up for his players, but along the way, create this firestorm controversy through Coach Hackett, not just under the bus, back the bus up a couple of times and roll it over him, and also through people in the organization where he currently works and players on this current team under the bus, all trying to illustrate a point that that he could have found far better words to address. So the Jared Bell thing, he's close with Jared Bell. That's his buddy. Okay, so I'm picturing the way this this interview goes down. Okay, they meet wherever they met, met, where they drink couple of lattes and they speak very candidly about what he's got going on here jared bell is listening to what he's saying whether he's recording it or taking notes whatever he's doing he's probably recording it and at the end of that he goes to himself wow sean who is my buddy right said a lot of stuff there i don't know if he wants that out do you think jared bell double checked with sean payton was like hey man like are you sure you want to run with this or if it was it just like, was it just okay that that's the end of it I'm gonna go write it I'm gonna print it without talking to you about it they had to have known that this might create this type of firestorm he probably wants to protect Sean Payton his buddy wouldn't they have actually had a conversation after the conversation to to verify that this is what's gonna go in the article and on top of that how much more inflammatory stuff didn't even end up in the article and was looked at with discretion by Jared Bell Sean Payton's buddy wow. Okay, Uh, let me see. If I'm a reporter and I'm having a conversation with you and I put my microphone on the table and you see me press record, I don't feel a whole lot of obligation to double check with you. Now, if we had some things that were on the record and off the record and I wanted to clarify that, then then certainly let me reach back out to you and say, hey, man, let me just make sure this particular comment was on the record. But if, if, if that's not the case, we haven't had this on, off. Yeah, I can talk about this. You can write about that. And when we need some clarification there, I put that microphone uh, down. No, man, that's going to the article. You're a big boy. You've been doing this a long time. This ain't your first rodeo. You're trying to claim he's a media genius. He's super savvy. I'm asking. So if that's the case, then no, I don't need to circle back with you at all. Now, in the future, if someone's going to do an interview with Sean Payton, 
Is Patrick Smythe going to want to be there so they can avoid all this? Probably so. You think? Yes. Is he going to no, want to check? Sean, with- Sean Payton's not going to let Patrick Smythe in there. But he, Patrick Smythe's going to want to be he in there. He might want to be, but Sean Payton is the football dictator across the street. Uh-huh. That was the point of him being brought in to control everything. You're not going to tell Sean Payton what to do. Uh, probably not, but he, clearly he needs a little bit of, uh, or, or, or this is hopefully a reminder of enough to avoid this kind of thing. Because in the end, it takes away from your overall message. It, Sean Payton doesn't come out of this looking better to the majority of football fans. Now here in Denver, we go, okay, right, it's awesome. Sticking up for your team, you're sticking up for your quarterback. But n- the firestorm nationally from football media, football fans, Sean Payton does not come out looking better from this. No, he doesn't. It'll be interesting to see if he responds uh, to the latest responses from Aaron Rodgers. We're going to get into that as we go. But I have a question about Nathaniel Hackett for you, okay? okay. Usually the truth is somewhere in the middle. It's, there's a gray area for, for everything in our lives, right? It's not black and white. What happened there across the street last year, everyone blames everything on Nathaniel Hackett. Is there a chance that some of those guys who are still in this locker room actually do like Nathaniel Hackett, thought he was a good coach, thought he should have been given more time? Is there is is that is there that possibility, or do you believe that everybody in that building hated Nathaniel Hackett, thought he was crappy at his job, and wanted him to go? Ah, oh, every locker room I've been in has always been divisive thoughts about a particular position coach, or the head coach, or the play caller, or whatever. And there's because there's so many people with such a different level of experience. Justin Simmons is desperate to achieve something in this window of his career while he's still trying to maintain his peak. While he's still a pro bowl and all pro player, let's get a winning season going so I'm more than just a good player on a, on a, on a, on a crappy football team. For a rookie who's coming in who maybe came from a place where football wasn't so good, can look at Nathaniel Hackett and see, this dude's a football genius. He can go up on the board. He can draw up offenses. And he's on. It's, it's amazing what this guy can do. Different guys are going to have different opinions. But I think if they were to look at last season with a critical football eye, you can't help but see the clear issues that were a part of the offseason, that were part of training camp, that were part of the early season, that continued through the middle of the season, and then continued to the late middle where he was fired there. So I don't think there's any denying that this dude was not some football genius that was not given a fair shake. We are here live from Training Camp 2023 in the DenverSports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Con Construction, Colorado-owned, family-operated, commercial general contact tracting for over 30 years along the front range. ConConstruction.com. Check them out. All right, what does Troy Rank think of all this nonsense, and uh, what are we looking for in the first day of padded practice? We're going to ask Troy Rank next. Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Getting set for today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built Ford Tough. Now's about the time we welcome our friend Troy Rank of Denver 7, joining us, presented by ROX Rocks Heating and Air. Troy, um, Sean Payton said a couple interesting things in the last couple days. One, it was either after his first practice or second practice, and he talked about uh, encouraging his coaches not to be early evaluators. That, look, just because a guy flashed in the first game or first practice or second, we want to 
get these guys into a rotation, get them into the huddle with different dudes, ones and twos some days and twos and ones the other day, until these guys start to reveal who they are. And it's not going to happen right away. So let's be patient when we're evaluating what these guys are. That said, what, four practices in or something like that, who has begun to emerge in your mind as somebody to keep an eye on in this camp? Well, I mean, again, I brought him up in the offseason. Brandon Johnson had a wonderful offseason, and I don't know where it would all fit because it's a crowded receiver's room, but he continues to get better and better, and he profiles as an NFL receiver with his length, his hands. He's more comfortable. He would have made the team last year out of camp except he turned his ankle in that last preseason game. So he's a guy I would keep an eye on. Uh, Javante Williams, and again, he's not trying to make the team, but I couldn't believe on Saturday how he was cutting you know, and burst. And again, it's uh, seven on seven, 11 on 11, no pads. But the reality is he just continues to inspire in his comeback uh, from ACL, PCL surgery. But Brandon Johnson's the name to keep an eye on. Um, that's, but again, it's so early. I really want to see pads. You guys talked about it, though. They're going to ramp up. Some people think the first day in pads is like Oklahoma drill. And uh, we're living <laughs> with Bear Bryant back here with tumbleweeds and guys right. going, you know, three hours. Of it's not that. But you do see at least some level of physicality that I want to see on the O-line, D-line. Uh, Troy, uh, the backpedal a little bit from Sean Payton over his comments of that article in USA Today from with Jared Bell. Uh, where, where are you, you landing on this now? After the firestorm has kind of died down over the weekend, everyone's had their say, Aaron Rodgers, Robert Sala, Billy Turner, uh, Ryan Clark on the ESPN, you name it, everyone's had an opinion. Where are you standing with those comments? Uh, was it useful? Was it productive? Who was it directed to? What was the purpose of those things? Yeah, Chad, you hit on it. He was trying to provide cover for his team and for Russell Wilson and saying, I'm tired of seeing this team get ripped. They're getting destroyed because I see it as a team that had talent that was horribly coached. Where he, you know, in my opinion, made the mistake was mentioning Hackett by name. He said very similar things at the NFL owners meetings. I was sitting next to him when he said it. You know, I can't even look at this offense and evaluate players because it was so dysfunctional. But the difference was he didn't mention Hackett by name. That That's where you violate that coaching fraternity issue of the national perspective. Locally, Broncos country, I'd say 90% of the people loved it. Because we all felt from the end of training camp through beginning with the Seattle game, it was just a complete dumpster fire. There's no way around that. Now, there was stuff going on internally across the board. It wasn't all Hackett's fault, but he could have put a stop to it. Or, or George Payton could have put a stop to it and said, we're not running three wide. We're not running these plays with backup tackles and backup linebacker. We're not doing it. And no one had the courage to have a backbone to say no. But he said it where he messed up here was by mentioning the GM and president that was out of line. And that's where I believe he was kind of called into the office and said, Hey, you can't do that, that you can say anything, but you can't say everything. And then when you see Rogers and Billy Turner respond, they're defending their friends, frankly, more than the coach. And the irony is, and I don't blame them. They love Hackett and guy, you guys, Nate asked the question, do guys like Hackett? Guys love Hackett. They didn't practice. They loved it. It was like having a substitute teacher here. So they really liked Hackett. And he is a good person. But two things can be true. You can be a really good person and be a bad head coach. And that's what I saw last year. I liked Hackett, the person. He was engaging. But he wasn't a good head coach because he would not hold people accountable, which at the professional level with a bunch of alpha males is just career suicide. And you saw it. That's what unfolded before our eyes. But it's over. It's made this game against the Jets spicy. I love it from a media perspective, but if I'm Peyton today and I'm asked about Rodgers, I literally say, I said my piece, 
that's October, we move on. Because it serves no purpose at this point to go back and forth with the Jets. The Jets, mind you, who have the longest active playoff drought at 2010 and against the Broncos, who have the second longest active playoff drought at seven years since 2015. That's what's funny about this. And all these people are talking about something happened in Denver, and they weren't in Denver last year, except maybe Billy Turner. Yeah, two bad teams going to be facing off on uh, in week five, and there's going to be a lot of intrigue. So, um, okay, so you mentioned Hackett, bad head coach. But is he a good offensive mind? It, clearly, Aaron Rodgers believes he is a good offensive mind. Uh, credits him for, you know, his back-to-back MVP seasons to an extent. I know he wasn't calling plays there, but he was articulating the offense. He was teaching the offense to a team that ended up performing very, very well. you got to assume he was teaching that same offense to this team last year. So what accounts for Russell Wilson going on the field and in the waning minutes of a game, missing K.J. Hamler on an open slant? Obviously, K.J. knew he was the first read. Everyone on that play, other than Russell Wilson knew what they were supposed to do. Hackett articulated that to them. Why did Russell not get it? And that's one example of many times Russell missed an open receiver or didn't know what was going on structurally to the offense. you got to think he was taught that. So why was he not be able to connect those dots? Yeah, because he was bad last year. He was just it was the island of misfit toys and no one misfit worse than Russell Wilson. And that's a fair point, Nate. But what I would say is, before that play at the end of the game, he threw the pick to Stephon Gilmore with Tyree Cleveland in a route. Why is the pass play coming in? Why don't you go into the headset and said, Russell, we're running the ball here or we're throwing a slant where it's in the ground. So it's incomplete or I, our guy catches it or because we're going to kick a field goal, live to fight another day. You haven't had your best day. We're going to kick a field goal. That's where I'm talking about head coaching. Nate. What you're saying about Russ is right. And I think Peyton's providing too much cover for Russ. He was terrible last year. We all saw it outside of about three games. He was bad. But as a head coach, there's moments that you can put a stop to it by saying, we're not running that play. It's not happening. And I saw it last year with Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins. If you watch quarterback on Netflix, he did a quarterback sneak on his own. And he came over the sidelines and O'Connell's like, what the F are you doing? I'm the play caller. You got to trust me. Well, I saw the, I don't care what you saw. I know the personnel so we can create a decoy. Trust the head coach. That's called having a backbone as the head coach. So I'm not saying you're wrong, Nate, but it's like you just keep letting it happen and throwing your arms in the air. You're the head coach. You have to put a stop in it. And if you're going to say it's all Russ's fault, what happened when Rosberg took over? Oh, wait, they look like a real professional football team because Rosberg told him, no office, we're going to run the football, here's what we're doing, Russ. Shockingly, Russ fell in line. That's the problem. You've got to be the adult. You can't be their best friend as the head coach. It doesn't work. Troy, there's another head coach, or former head coach on this coaching roster, my college teammate Vance Joseph, uh, taking over for a, a defense that's, Performed pretty well last year. Here early in camp, what have you seen to contrast the difference? We talked about the difference between Sean Payton and Nathaniel Hackett. How about the difference between Vance Joseph and Coach Evero? He's going to be a little more aggressive with how they get to the quarterback, and it's it's nuanced. So we haven't, I can't say I've seen it all. I can just tell you they're going to be a little more nuanced in how they get pressure the quarterback. Could Drew Sanders be part of that as a guy that lines up inside-outside almost like you, Chad? where you're like, okay, one play is outside, but he's really inside, and all of a sudden he's coming up the middle with pressure. I believe because with the loss, of the thinness of that defensive line, they're going to have to be a little more creative to protect their outside linebackers because we don't know what they're going to get from Clark and Gregory. We like to think they're going to be fine, 
But track record tells you it's uncertain. You know, Clark averages five sacks a year during the regular season the last three years, and Randy just struggles to stay on the field. So keep an eye on that because the secondary is the strength of this team. So if you trust the secondary, and they're going to play more man with Vance than they did last year, if you trust them, and Damari Mathis is the guy I think he is, then you're going to have ways to have more creative pressure up front. And that's what I would look for, more stunts, ways to maybe a NASCAR package with three outside linebackers on the field. That's what I'm looking forward to. But it's predicated on having a lead more often. If they do, it can really help Vance Joseph in his play calling as a D coordinator. Troy, last year in training camp, the defense came out and dominated the offense early, which often happens at the beginning of training camps. The defense sometimes start a little faster than the offense because they don't have as much to learn. Okay, it's it's very easy for the defensive players. Because we're smarter, we can hit the ground running. Yeah, and also the offense... Um, puts in a very, very basic elementary, you know, uh, first day of installation stuff. So the defense knows they're not going to be doing double moves or anything crazy. And they can jump on all these underneath routes. They can jump on all this three-step stuff, which you're seeing out there. Okay, but it ended up being last year the defense kept that going. They were the strength of this team last year. The offense never got clicking. When all said and done this year, 2023, what's going to be the strongest part of this team, the offense, the defense, or the special teams, Troy? It's going, to be, it's going to be the defense because they just ha- they have that secondary special. And it's going to be the defense, and it needs to be followed closely. If the season goes the way we expect it, we need to look up at the end of the year and say, was the defense the strength or running the football? And they need to be like, it needs to be an argument as to which one out. Like, And if it's running the football, they're a playoff team. They are absolutely a playoff team because they're going to control the clock. They're going to win field position and they will not be a tire fire on special teams. They'll start 10 yards will matter here and there. But if it's clearly defense again, then they're in no man's land because you cannot reach the playoffs. It's not the 85 bears. You got to score 23, 24 points a game. But if it's an argument, Nate, as we sit here at the end of the year and go, man, was it the rushing tack and Powers and McGlinchey and Javante and Samaj P. Ryan, or was it that secondary and that defense? If we're having that conversation, they're a playoff team. Love it, Troy. Uh, the tire fire, you just sparked a memory. You had told me about some old parties back in the day in high school. You guys go, used to go out to the levee or something and light tires on fire. Is that right? The tunnels. The, the tunnels, tunnels. The north side of Pueblo. Yeah. You come home and tire you just, fires. like, your parents aren't going to know where you were. You literally smelled smell like burnt like rubber. You were in the mines of West Virginia and just came up with ash. Yeah, we weren't smart, but it got was the, fun. You got the black lung, Pop. <laughs> All right, Troy, appreciate you, uh, and uh, we'll see you out there at camp, bud. Yep. There goes Troy Rankin, Thanks, Troy. Denver 7, presented by ROX Rocks Heating and Air. Our broadcast from Training Camp 2023 is powered by Ford F-150 Lightning. This thing is awesome. I'm looking at it right now, all electric and built for tough. Come check it out, guys, at the denversports.com zone. All right, Aaron Rodgers did have some interesting things to say, not just about his coach, Nathaniel Hackett, but Sean Payton. We'll dive into that next. Live from the denversports.com zone across from training camp 2023. Thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Getting set for today's practice. The Players Club. Powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning. All electric and built Ford Tough. Alright guys, if you're coming to training camp and you're driving a car down Peoria and it turns into Broncos Parkway and you see the facility there on your left and you're like, oh, that's where I have to be over in that parking lot where that line of cars is going. I'm just going to flip a quick U-turn. Don't do it! 
Don't do it. We've seen six people get pulled over for that U-turn. One just happened right in front of us right now. Uh, and uh, so um, take a left, go down a little ways, and then do a little U-E or do something else. Don't take a U-turn right on Potomac um, on Broncos Parkway. Okay. Um, Chad? Yes. A little bit of breaking news here from the Broncos mm-hmm. per Mike Kliss. Broncos are signing uh, offensive guard Yasser Durant. He's a huge 6'7". 330 pounds, a fourth-year player who has played in 19 games for the Chiefs, Patriots, and Saints. Broncos will have to make a corresponding roster move, Chad. So they bring in a big boy on the offensive line, but they got to cut somebody. That's how it works this time of year. And uh, if you're at any football facility for any length of time this time of year, when you walk in as a player, there's always that dude at the door waiting to grab somebody. Ouch, the they, Grim Reaper, we, yes, we call him. Yeah, uh, George needs to uh, see you upstairs. But why yeah. don't you stop in the locker room, grab your playbook as you're headed Yeah, up. grab your iPad. Yes. Because they don't have playbooks There we anymore. go. Yeah, grab your, your your Surface tablet, I think. is the, I think they can wipe that remotely, too, they right? They can. They can control. And they can see what you've been watching as well. Yeah, they can, they can absolutely see what you've been watching. I wonder if any of the guys, like, bet on games through the iPad that the team gave them. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> That'd be pretty easy to track that. I hope not. Yes, the, I bet somebody did it. And they can even tell, they can activate the camera because some guys were busted for putting on games and just leaving it flat on the table and walking away. So, yes, the big See, they didn't is real. Use, they didn't used to know if you watched film or not at right. home. They'd give you the DVDs. Mm-hmm. And then you go home and either you watch it or you don't. Um, the big playbook with like a thousand pages in it, each, like, no one's looking at all those things. But well, they've always had tricks. I mean, the yeah, uh, put a hundred dollar bill in one of them. Yeah, or the the the, the draft. That's from the movie Draft Day. That was a thing. Or you know, at the back of the the printout for the, for this week, there's a you know a coupon for a hundred dollars. The first player who brings this to me gets a hundred dollars cash. Uh, I've had coaches who put who get, would give you a DVD and it'd be a blank DVD, and if you didn't huh. show up the next day and you didn't know it was blank, well then now you were busted. Even they even did that back in the old videotape era. So. Coach is trying to find ways to uh, check if you were actually doing your assigned work has long been a part of the NFL. Uh, but to your point, this big guy coming in, 6'7", 330, someone's got to go. Uh, I don't know exactly who it'll be and, and why he was brought in. Somebody banged up, somebody limited on the offensive line. I'm not exactly sure what's happening there. They're not obligated to give too much detail just yet on injury reports. Um, but a big dude, a guy that size playing guard gives me some concern. Um, Orlando was a taller guard. I'm sure if he were here, he could speak to the difficulty of playing against shorter defensive tackles and nose guards. It's just a leverage issue? It's just a leverage issue. At 6'7", how do I get underneath somebody? How much knee bend does a typical 6'7 guy have? Usually not very much. So I think Orlando could speak to that far better than I could. But I always enjoyed going against those super tall offensive linemen because I was no way I was going to be able to overpower them just by their size, but I could out-leverage them by getting underneath their pads. Yep, so Broncos adding a guard. Who will they drop? We'll see. Um, somebody's getting some bad news. Probably today. Probably just had that bad news right before going out to practice. Got a little tap on the shoulder. And uh, that dream, or at least for the moment, comes to an end. So hopefully whoever that guy is can get picked up by another team. But difficult to get picked up in the middle of camp like this. Um, all right, especially if you're an unproven player. Because you're going home and you are literally waiting and hoping for injuries. Yes. You know they're going to happen. It's an inevitable part of football. But it always felt really weird to me that those guys, their only opportunity is to go home and hope somebody gets hurt. Yeah, that was me at the end of my career. I got cut by the Broncos, and 
you know, I was cast adrift and I was working out and I was waiting by the phone and I would have a workout and I'd come home and the workout was good, but you didn't get signed. And then up oh, the next week, you're hop on, hopping on another plane, going to Philly. Good workout. But now I'm back on an airplane. And then I go to Cleveland. Good workout. Now I'm back on an airplane. Three days later, Cleveland calls me. No, we found a spot for you. Come on back. And then I was there for a week and I got cut. And that was over. That's how my career ended. So a lot of these dudes are playing that game, just back and forth, hoping for a call. Um, the agent, you know, starts to drift away, and he stopped. When your agent stops returning your call, That's Jeff, a bad sign. That is a bad sign. Yeah. All right, so Aaron Rodgers obviously caught wind to Sean Payton's comments. How could you not? They've been uh, the story of the NFL world over the last week. Um, Aaron Rodgers... Familiar with Nathaniel Hackett in the past. Um, Aaron Rodgers has, has credited Nathaniel Hackett for some of his best seasons of his life, particularly 2021 and 2020. But he was back-to-back NFL MVP in 2020. He had a 70% compl- completion percentage and 48 touchdowns. Now, first off, that was his best season of his career. Mm-hmm. Should we be suspicious of anyone whose best year of their life was the COVID year? Ah, particularly at the cornerback position, I, I think so. Your ability to communicate without the crowd noise, without that being a factor, uh, your ability to literally call the, line, the game from the line of scrimmage, there's a reason why someone with Aaron Rodgers' experience benefited more than a lot of other guys in that situation because he's got so much experience, and he could literally call the game and make sure his offense was in the proper play with for each situation without crowd noise, without any of those other things being a factor due to the mostly empty stands they faced uh, for the majority of that season. Uh, do I think Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett have a good working relationship? They, they clearly do. There's no doubt about that. And for a player who's an all-timer like Aaron Rodgers, to have a coach that he completely, thoroughly trusts in the way that he trusts Nathaniel Hackett, it's got to be a great relationship. It's got to be a great working relationship, as evidenced by the numbers you just ran down. And as evidenced by the way he defended his buddy, here's Aaron Rodgers defending his boy. Yeah, I love Nathaniel Hackett, and those comments were very surprising. To For a coach to do that to another coach, my love for Hackett goes deep. You know, we had uh, some great years together in Green Bay, kept in touch, um, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, uh, how he cares about the guys. Uh, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. And it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. I thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Ooh, good one, Aaron. Sick burn at the end there. Uh, do want to get into the back half of those comments, but on the front, just just on its face, like obviously Nathaniel Hackett was brought here as the head coach, not just because he's a great coach, but with the idea that he would bring Aaron Rodgers. That didn't work out for whatever reason. We don't know the behind-the-scenes stuff of why that went down. But we talked earlier about a half an hour ago about – what went wrong with this offense last year? Not the big picture stuff, the head coaching stuff, not getting the play, like the the operational stuff. Yes, Hackett was deficient at that. I actually believe if you know it got better as the season went on. We know that um, Jerry Rosberg was brought in at the end because things got out of control. But if had Hackett been given a second year, things would have looked a little different. Would they have been good enough? Maybe not. Maybe so. We'll never know. But Hackett 
Hackett clearly tried to implement the same vision for his quarterback for Russell Wilson that he did for Aaron Rodgers. Hackett talked about a week or two ago in New York Jets training camp about how Aaron Rodgers has carte blanche to do it himself. And that these receivers need to be paying attention to Aaron Rodgers because he's going to see something. He's going to let them know what to do. He gives control to his all-world quarterback. Did he miscalculate Russell Wilson's skill set and, and, and actually try to do the same thing for Russell? I think that was the, the plan, that they were going to put their heads together. They talked about it. They're going to be joined at the hip. That's a direct quote from Coach Hackett. And building this offense and how that was going to be structured. And I think in the end... It, Neither guy was necessarily up to that particular task. With Aaron Rodgers, he possesses a very different skill set than Russell Wilson possesses. Uh, I think his line of scrimmage ability is certainly towards the tops of all time in the NFL. I'm not saying Russell Wilson sucks at the line of scrimmage, but not certainly the name, it's not certainly the same as Aaron Rodgers. So some of these differences I don't think were accounted for by Nathaniel Hackett. So to try to recreate this situation, which is Always a fool's errand in, in football anyway because every year is always going to be different. As a coach, you can't have the same playbook from year to year. You can't even have the same exact same training camp schedule or practice schedule. The team, the culture, the players, the fit, the feel, the weather, the situations, all those are going to be different. So when you try to replicate that, you're already at a disadvantage from the jump. So to try to bring the situation from Green Bay, which he said – you know, I'm going to learn from LaFleur and do some of these things in practice. I'm going to take some of these things I've done with Aaron Rodgers, try to do them with Russell Wilson. Both those ended up being a major parts of his failing here as the Broncos head coach. The starting quarterback is one position on a football field. We talk a, a lot about the quarterback because that's just the world we live in. Yes. You as a, as a defensive player, a linebacker, edge player, did you ever think about the quarterback? Did you ever think, like, on a day like today about what the quarterback was trying to accomplish and what the quarterback sees? and like, Or were you worried specifically about your own job? Did those overlap at all? It wasn't until later in my career that I had enough confidence in me and what I was doing and my role within it and my ability to execute all the plays within the playbook that I had enough bandwidth to, when I'm on my knee taking a rest, to look at our quarterback. And that was probably... Year five uh, with Warren Moon, because I'm coming from Pittsburgh, where our quarterback play certainly wasn't stellar. Hmm. We had good enough quarterback play to reach the Super Bowl. We were in the playoffs every year. Wait, so you went to the Super Bowl without stellar quarterback play? Correct. You can do that? Yes. You don't need a unicorn? True. Wow. Now, we had the number one defense Inconceivable. And we ran the ball like no one else did. Okay. So, so there's th- different formulas for success. Yes. I'm oh. sensing the sarcasm in your voice. You there, think? But, but you're trying to illustrate a very good point here. Your quarterback, you don't need to just chase this one unicorn. You can build your team in multiple different ways. But once we got, once I got to Seattle, I had a chance to watch Warren Moon work. That was awesome. I knew Warren Moon was going to the Hall of Fame at that point. I played against Warren Moon, and Warren Moon was awesome to watch him as a professional prepare and work and think to myself, okay, our offense is going to be pretty darn good. We got that dude at the helm. We're going to be in the right play. He's going to do the right things. He's not going to do a bunch of dumb stuff. So we as a defense aren't going to be forced on the field all the time in these terrible situations. As Dan Jacobs walks up holding his phone, looking at it intently, some important stuff no, no, we have no supervision. You are our supervisor here now, Dan. All right, we're here. No live. rules, no parents. <laughs> we're here live from Training Camp 2023 in the Denver.com, DenverSports.com zone. Thanks to our friends 
from Con Construction, Colorado-owned and family-operated commercial general contracting for over 30 years along the front range, ConConstruction.com. All right, a um, lot of comments there by, uh, by Aaron Rodgers that we didn't kind of parse, and I think it's really important to kind of dig into that. Um, Hackett and his relationship with Russell Wilson, obviously Sean Payton's got to figure out how to get him to play better. Some of these comments were about getting him to play better, taking the pressure off of him and not making him feel like he has to be the chosen one, the anointed one, take it all on his back. I think it was a philosophical failing by Hackett more than a systemic or a a scheme failing. Um, And Sean Payton is here to set that straight. We're going to keep diving into Sean Payton's comments, Aaron Rodgers, and how that squares with this football team full of players who aren't quarterbacks. That's next.